Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 4, Episode 1. It's called The Best of Both Worlds Part 2. So full spoilers for the episode as always. So yeah, the start of a new season, it's always going to have a big event, and this marks a trend that will stick with the rest of the show, because I did look ahead just to the titles. Uh, every season, ending and beginning, obviously with the exception of the end of Season 7, they all, they're all two parts now, uh, split over okay. the seasons. Uh, so they like this formula, they like this, uh, make them wait for the conclusion. I, I guess, uh, I, I can only assume it had a positive reaction on the yeah. viewing figures. Yeah, I'd call it playing chicken with the uh, the renewal, uh, you know, process. But <laughs> Depen- depends how much they knew by the time they were right at the episode of making uh, each call. They, they didn't for this one, but I mean, t- I don't no, know what but maybe in future because obviously yeah. they they presumably knew for seven in that case because they didn't try. Oh it. sure, yeah, they knew that was the ending. Yeah, so. But hey, uh, so obviously we ended with uh, the big reveal of Picard uh, as the cutest of Borg and Riker ordering to fire. And, you know, that's where we pick up. Obviously, there's a little previously on at the start of the episode. Um, actually, before we go at the end, I've got some comments to be made on some trailers that were on my Blu-ray <laughs> for other things. Uh, I'll say that to the end, though. I don't want to derail this. Some, some dated trailers, okay. Just to start with. They're not actually that dated. They're relevant to Star Trek, but... Anyway, uh, so firing does nothing. Riker makes this big you know, call to, to fire, despite the fact that it'll probably kill Picard, and it doesn't work. And immediately they say, wait, that's not just adapting. Like They couldn't have predicted what that was going. And then immediately, uh, you know, Picard, or Locutus, I should say, make it clear that, no, we've absorbed all of the memories of Picard. Everything that he knows or was planning or was a party to, we now have that information. So... This, so not only have they just lost Picard, not only is that depressing and, you know, a really bad omen for the way things are going, it's, it's going to go with the rest of the fleet. On top of that, the enemy now has all the strategic and even just personal knowledge of all the people in the ship yeah. that Picard just, had. Just to be a little bit creepy and to prove the point, he, he makes a point of calling him number one at the end of this. Yeah, I love this. This this was... Yeah, I, I love this episode. This is a really good episode. I do think the first half is stronger than the second half. Um, I agree. I think overall, I think I like part one more. I think it had more surprising elements to it. Uh, sure. This was a little bit safer in what it did, I think. Um, but it was still really good. I think this one, this, this half is more exciting, bizarrely, though. Because I, I think because of all the actual, like, the mm. actual threat of, because the Borg are on their way to Earth, that's kind of, you know, and by the time we get to the end of the episode, they're in the solar system, you know, they're, they're passing Saturn, they're, they're, they're on their way to Earth, like, they're, they're getting yeah. very, relatively speaking, they're getting very close. I mean, it's not close for us right now, and how far we can travel, but... But, but how fast they travel, it's like yeah. a matter of minutes. Yeah, but for Star Trek, this is relatively close to Earth, and I, I think it was, you know, all of the stuff in the first half, especially with Riker, because basically the Borg just piss off because they're going to the Earth and they don't care. They're just like, we're not even going to, you know, entertain this Enterprise. We're just going to leave because it's time to go. And Riker informs the Admiral. And again, so I, I love the moment where Picard or Lacutus calls him number one. I thought that was a, a fantastic little moment. Like I was sort of like smirking with an evil grin on my face as he did it. And then... This scene here, where they're, they're, you know all the main officers are in the in the room and they're talking to the admiral over the over the, over the comms. There's a great moment here where Shelby, who of course was the you know, the 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 go getting 
uh, sort of new recruit who was kind of gunning for for Riker's job uh, last in the first part. And she says, oh, and it's even tougher now uh, because they have the assistance of, of Picard. And he doesn't grill her or make it obvious that he's grilling her immediately. He starts telling the story of how he met Picard. He talks about, oh, this, this young cadet who you know, broke all these records of Starfleet and I made a point of getting to know him and because he was this, you know, this young, like... You know, all, all this, all his future ahead of him. He was this aspirational, you know, kid who was going to do all this, and he gets to the end of the story and just says, "Jean Luc Picard would never assist." And it, all, all of this story was all building up to making it very clear: you cannot phrase it like that. You are not allowed to say that Picard is doing this willingly or imply that in any way. So, yeah, as as he puts it, he is now officially a casualty of war. Yeah, uh, but I, I kind of loved that, and not just because, I, like, obviously she's kind of a. A very, uh, you know, she, she's not poking at Riker a lot in the first, the first part. She's a bit blunt. Yeah, she, she, you know, she's she's kind of pushing buttons a lot intentionally, and this wasn't an intentional button push, admittedly. I think this was just a complete slip of her, the way she phrased it. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's even a slip, so to speak, because she's not wrong, uh, and it's not intentionally aggravating, like you say. It's more yeah. just everyone else takes umbrage with it. Yeah. Uh, so I kind I kind of liked the build up and then kind of the, his the point he was actually making, and it was like no, we're not going to disrespect him like that. And you know he promotes Riker to captain, and you know we even see Captain uh, Captain. Well, I guess it, I'm right technically, but we see Riker later in the episode. Uh, he's got the extra, you know, the extra the pin on his on yeah. his collar. Uh, which over the course of the season I've I've been noticing sort of what each rank has there, <laughs> just because you know we see it a lot. Because uh, he had the three, now he's got the four. Uh, you know, Data and Worf have the two and a half. You know, like so I've yeah, been noticing yeah. the. Get, uh, get you taking notes. Yeah, yeah. So the two and a half, or the two and unfilled, if you suppose if you want to phrase it that way. Uh, that's Lieutenant Commander. Uh, mm. So you know, learning. Very good. Uh, Wesley's only got one though. He's all. I think he may even just have a unfilled one actually. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe it's a full one I don't know but it's definitely just one uh, a little pipsqueak um, but so but there's, there's so many great moments in this first half of the episode I love so so Riker like sort of gives everyone their, their orders blah blah and then he goes down to see Shelby at one point and the engineer he's talking to Jordy and she's kind of basically says hey I should probably be your first officer now like it's kind of important and to be fair Riker he was kind of even before that saying look you keep me on my toes, but that's probably a good thing given the current predicament. And they kind of debate over that she should be the job. And we even have a scene with him later in the ready room with everyone else where he says, look, I know Worf, like, you might be the first in line for this technically, but given the current crisis, it's better to have everyone where they're good, used to being and doing their jobs yeah. well. I think he has uh, Worf and Data as yeah. equal. And it's like, look, it, it, it should be one of you by rights. But like, you know, you, you know, war footing we need everyone in peak performance and i can't be putting someone new in one of your jobs yeah it can't be promoting wesley to date his job the whole thing will just crumble within minutes <laughs> if we do that so no so I, I liked all this stuff but my favorite moment is when he goes into like the captain's ready room for the first time and he mm. just looks at the chair and then he eventually you know he says what would you do he starts talking to the chair and that's when Gainan kind of <laughs> comes in and clearly knowing what he's just done, even though she's not in the room, she's clearly knows, given what the advice she's about to give him about letting Picard go. And like, not just because in this case, everything Picard knew the Borg now knows, so they kind of have to do things in a way that Picard wouldn't. More just, he needs to have confidence in himself and yeah. his calls if, if they want any chance of surviving. Yeah, because she says the people in 10 Forward are convinced that they're dying the next day. 
and she just basically says, you know, predestination. If you believe you're dying the next day, you'll, you you will somehow make it happen because you believe it's going to. And you have to believe you're going to get out of this. You have to believe in this. And it even says that maybe you can save Picard. Maybe, you know, by letting him go, you can actually save him. Uh, and even though I don't necessarily think she means that literally, in the sense that she's actually saying you can literally get Picard back I, and no, save him. I, I think she more means you can save his memory. Yeah. You know, not let it be desecrated by him being the face of this, uh, you know, this bombardment uh, and more. No, no, no. You can let him be the, the casualty of war rather than a willing participant seemingly yeah it's, it's somewhere in the all the midst of all this we see like picard getting more upgrades because he's not fully transformed yet he's you know he's still got too much regular skin showing because they sort of gray him up a little bit and give him some more bits and pieces New and tech. we see like a tear like going down he's implying that the real picard is still in there and is aware of what's happening to him and in, in no control, which is yeah. a, a great moment again yeah really dark and and then the next big moment I love is just them finding the uh, the the graveyard of the the ships that the the Borg have went through. Because you know, at one point the admiral gets sends them a call saying we're retreating because things aren't going well, but it kind of cuts them off before he's able to finish his statement. And they go to this graveyard of ships, and even including the one that Riker was offered the captaincy of. So it's kind of this... yeah. There was like three ships there that are all just floating. Everyone's looking horrified. Yeah. So I I, I think I, what I love about this 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 part of the the two parter is. Just the the monumental ramifications of how serious and dangerous the Borg are, and how close it comes to like, oh, they they, they almost got to Earth and assimilated everyone. Like they've they very in, nearly in got one there. Try. Yeah. So I love all that. I love the the horror in their faces as they're witnessing all this, uh, and then kind of the, the capper to the first half is as I'm sort of splitting it in two here. It's actually more like two thirds to be honest through the episode. Is the the plan that ultimately gets Picard back, where they separate the the the, the ship into the two sections. Uh, remember the first episode where Raker did it manually and it was this big moment for like five minutes you know, listening listening to him going right go two degrees this way and four degrees that way it was this big yeah, moment yeah but that doesn't bother me this is the sort of thing what you, sh- you show it once and show okay this is cool and then oh, you don't I, need to show it every single I'm time I'm not complaining I'm not I'm not bothered by this I'm just pointing out that there's a, such a big difference and although to contradict what you just said there a slight touch he does, it's not like he's he's just he's going to do it again and we cut away. He says, Wesley, separate the sections. <laughs> well, he obviously trusts Wesley to do it. Well, I don't know why, but... Yeah, they're going to lose the war if that's the case. <laughs> stop, stop trusting Wesley to do things. But no, no, so it's obviously it's all about uh, Worf and Data sneaking onto the... Because they, they can't beam onto the, the Borg cube. There's, there's like a sort of field around it they can't beam through. So they have them in a shuttle go through the field, and they've got a lot of distractions going across. Shelby's in the saucer section doing some distractions with antimatter dispersals, blah, 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 uh, tech talk. And they go through the field, they beam in, they kidnap Lacutus, uh, you know, aka Picard, and, and beam him back. Uh, all, all very entertaining and tense, uh, and they establish why they can start blasting the Borg now. They've actually, Jordy's designed a thing for the phases where it automatically changes frequencies after every single shot, and I'm like, hey, that's pretty smart. That makes sense. That, it's is, that is smart. I mean, it's still a finite resource that will run out of frequencies that they can use oh, eventually. Sure. Yeah. But it saves having to, you know, okay, last time we, we preloaded three different phases with three settings, and this is all we've got. Whereas now it's like, no, no we can keep cycling through them. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to be seeing the Borg often enough that we're ever going to realistically have run out of the, you know, the, the frequencies, right? Like we can use yeah. this again, you know, at least a few episodes worth before we're we're even concerned about that. So, so that's really good. Um, 
Yeah, they get Picard back. And for me, like the back half is still good, but this back chunk is still fine and full of nice little moments. But it, it's not quite the the gut punching and the the, the, the awe and spectacle of everything happening in that first half and all, all those Riker beats of him becoming captain. And, you know, when he tries to make the speech, he says, if Picard was here, you'd give a Picard speech. And I know we all want to hear it. Hell, I need to hear it right now. But I don't have it because I ain't Picard. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice seeing him be kind of honest about it. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. trying to, you know, bravado the situation. I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit you. I don't really know what I'm doing either, but we've got, we got to do the best we can. Yeah, and yeah, so ultimately Data decides to jack in to Lacutus to try and figure out, like, if he can get get some... Because Draco's idea is that if the, if the Borg know everything Picard knows now, then does Picard happen to know how they can fight the Borg? There's a, yeah, there's a logic to it. And, and also the fact that if they can shut down this connection from the internal... You know, hive mind section stuff. Uh, the the physical implants themselves will be quite easy to just remove, and you know, get him back to more or less normal. And there's a lot of risk taken here because you know, the, 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 you know, Crusher's like, oh, I really want to do a, like a several hours more work. You know, making sure he's going to be okay if we do this. But Rick now, we don't have the time. We have to just do it. And likewise, like they don't know if they're going to kill Picard uh, when they make the choice to destroy the cube because ultimately. Shutting down the weapons and stuff doesn't work. Data can't do any of that. But Picard, yeah, he can't, can't do shields, can't do weapons, can't do power. All this stuff—it's too heavily defended. But Picard kind of essentially gets a message through. Just one word. He gets the word "sleep" through. He sort of—he you know, he touches Data with his hand and says "sleep." And Crusher kind of, you know, and tries there to sort of confirm that that's really Picard speaking and not, you know, the Borg. Yeah. And. You know, he he he. But Data figures out. Oh no, he's not saying that he wants to sleep. He's saying that uh, we can make them sleep. The idea being that that particular uh, subroutine isn't as well guarded because it's not considered like a. You know, a, you get why weapons and shields are like heavily like firewalled, and you know, one can just jack into that and start messing. Yeah, whereas with it. sleep feels lower priority. Yeah, and even let I me mean, go show that even the bulk their their resources aren't limitless. There there are limits to. The, you know, even the the firewall technology essentially, and they have to prioritize the most important yeah. things first. Yeah, so he just puts them on charge basically. So the ship just kind of shuts down, and then they're able to create a feedback loop, which ultimately blows it up. But that's the thing is that what I was saying is that there's this kind of risk where, like, okay, we're, we have to do this, and Crusher makes it clear we have, and Data I think as well, like we have no idea what this will do to Picard if we if we have that cube blow up. Uh, Though it could kill him, it, the, the, you know, he could get like a, a feedback like himself that'll just take him out. And but it, it's like, a risk uh, they have to take ultimately. Yeah, and obviously it doesn't. Obviously Picard is kind of him again, and uh, you know, it's it's a a solid moment. And I actually do really like the ending, uh, the, the actual final, because obviously Riker says he's not leaving. He wants to be, you know, first officer here. That's his choice. It's not it's not Picard's choice to make. It's not Shelby's choice to make. It's his choice, and he's making yeah. it. Yeah, and also there are less ships being offered with captaincies right sure. now. Yeah, they just so lost a bunch. Yeah, Shelby leaves to go and lead uh like a you know rebuilding the fleet kind of uh Team. campaign or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I also like the idea that and it's something I think we said in the first part is that Riker here might feel the need to be here for Picard more now than he was before because Picard's you know, recovering from this. It, I think it really goes to show that in the final moments with Picard. Yeah, this is the final beat I love, is that, you know, he, he, he feels like he's talking normal. He's still got some metal parts on his face, but it's not bit, everything. A little bit of a faceplate, but it's kind of skin tone. Yeah. And, you know, he says whatever he's saying to everyone and they all kind of leave. This is the scene where Riker's saying that he's going to stay. 
and he goes to take a drink of his El Grey tea, which we know he loves, and he just, he doesn't, he puts it down, and he just, he walks over to the window and just kind of, just kind of contemplates, and he's just, it clearly has had an effect on him, and it is someone who has seen season one of Picard, which is still him kind of, like, having, like, nightmares about being a Borg, like, clearly this is something that is... That makes sense, that he's a changed character from this point on. Um, honestly, that moment where he picks up the, 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 the glass and then just hesitates... That's honestly some of uh, um, his, his best acting so far. Oh, sure. In I, the show. It's so good. It's funny because obviously this episode has a lot less Patrick Stewart. And, or at least when he is there, he's playing this, you know, monotonous robot yeah, he's, style. Yeah, he's, he's doing exactly what he's got to do for the story. Uh, so this is this is the Riker show. This is everyone else doing their thing. So yeah. it's, it's fascinating to see. Uh, but no, it's, it's really good. I, I don't mean to uh, say that the last like 10, 15 minutes are, are bad or poor. They're by no means. But ultimately, it just becomes about solving the thing uh, in a kind of, you know, a fi- fine way, but not necessarily as exciting as those first like 25, 30 minutes of the episode are, which I think are really, really strong. Oh, they are really strong. I think the, the, the main reason that I still prefer part one overall is that um, rivalry that we've got between mm. Shelby and Riker, which I think is, is so much fun and was uh, the highlight of, of that first, the surprise highlight of that first half for us. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of by necessity gone here because that would be very inappropriate in this situation. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, as a as a true two-parter, this pays off, and which is funny because they didn't know what they were going to do for this when they wrote the first part, but it really does pay off in all of those threads because seeing Riker have to take you know the, the the role of captain even if it is just for this episode it pays off in a lot of the things that that, that that story was poking at like seeing him having to take this and acknowledge that he was a lot more like shelby when he started and yeah. kind of like accepting those things like all, all that stuff is really satisfying and it really feels like it, it you know it, it's the conclusion to a two-parter not just because it resolves the cliffhanger and gets picard back to normal all of the arcs that that raker goes through is also completely two-parter so oh, yeah, definitely uh, so yeah, I can't really say enough nice things about that side of things. So yeah, and obviously yeah, I have fun with the Borg and seeing the, you know, the the drones walking around the Borg cube set and all that. And it's interesting uh, when because obviously we're going to see the Borg again at some point. Like exactly how uh, we learn about it, how it works with multiple cubes. Like are the cubes like connected uh, in any way, shape, or form? Uh, do they have to sort of reconvene in order to share data once they're right now? Just based off of everything we've seen so far, given that yes. obviously, you know, I've not seen anything really past this point in the timeline. Um, I would assume that they aren't quite connected in the same way. Otherwise, the feedback loop might have affected other ships as well. Uh, also, I, would just, I, wonder, I, would... I wonder if they have to physically kind of send data to each other. I would also suspect that like Picard wouldn't be severed from the the Borg as easily if 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 there was like a direct link at all times between every other cube. Yeah. Then surely he would still. I mean, maybe they could still like you know get you know disconnect him another way later, but it wouldn't have just worked like that. Where okay, the the cube's gone, so now he's. Yeah. So it feels like the the cubes are at least to me right now they're they're independent. So they're all obviously like quote unquote one entity inside each cube they're all one hive mind but the different cubes are essentially different and en- you know different entities so each cube is is one being yeah. so to speak if i if i remember correctly i think that's something that first contact the movie uh i, I don't know if that, that's a little bit it first comes up it may be in the show first before then but i i 
I feel like there's like a sort of head of the whole like thing, as if you will, like a let's say mothership. Home base but yeah, mothership. like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh. So no. Uh, so yeah, cool. So some you know Borg mythology stuff. Uh, I mean, there was less new mythology in this specifically, and it was more about just like again really selling the threat of them and how close they got to just winning this time. Um, without that much difficulty on their part, right up until the end. No, and let's face it, the, the what they do to, like, you know, what, what what our characters do to win is not a trick they can really pull again. No. So, and I appreciate that. I appreciate, because sometimes, like, in TV shows and movies that go on first, like, a series, sometimes they'll, they'll come up with a solution to something that afterwards you go, why don't they just always use this again? <laughs> because this thing is, it was a perfect idea. So yeah, I mean, you could argue, oh, they could always just steal someone from the ship and do it again. But I, I assume that maybe they learn from this mistake. And well, the, the, basically, the mistake, if nothing else, the one mistake that the Borg, assuming that they have the knowledge of what happened here on this cube, because uh, I'm not sure if the rest yeah, of them would. Yeah, I'm kind of assuming there's like a a black box yeah, style that's sure, transmitted sure. back. Yeah, but assuming they know what happened, the one mistake they kind of made that they won't make again is that when they do kidnap Picard, the Borg don't bother to even try to get him back. They decide that it's not worth it and they, they can just have him be there as a mouthpiece. I think if this was to happen again, they'd immediately get him back at all costs because they now realise there's a threat by having him be over there. You know, yeah. At the very least, that would be something they would try and avoid. Uh, if if not on top of that, add more security protocols and you know, the, the usual, do all things. Yeah. Yeah. All, the, all the other stuff they could be doing. but Because uh, that was kind of the mistake. Because I, I even thought that in the episode. I was like, them just letting him be here feels like the biggest, the, the one real mistake they've made as an entity. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, I mean, even something as simple as having two cubes attack at the same time. Mm. Sure, you can shut down one of them, but what are you going to do about the other one? Yeah. And as much as I'm saying it's a mistake they've made, it doesn't feel cheap because the Borg have been shown to rightly be arrogant or, I mean, I guess not even the word. It's not like they feel that way, but you know what I mean? Like, they, they rightly just don't care. Like, you know, back when they were first introduced and they were beaming out of the ship and, like, one get, you know, stunned or, ki- you know, uh, killed with the, the, the blaster. Send in the next one Send in the next one. They don't care. They just, you know, they just keep going, coming. And the idea of them just, like, saying, well, he's not important, it's not a priority, continue with the thing. There's, there's no threat to us. It does feel natural for the Borg to think that way. So it yes, doesn't feel absolutely. cheap that they've made this mistake. But again, if they make it again, that's a problem because they should have learned from this. Mm. But I agree. Uh, so no. uh, best of both worlds part two is is really great it's obviously starting off on a strong footing and obviously i mean I, as we started next generation the whole time it was like okay season one and two a lot of rough patches you know a couple of gems but not a lot it's season three is where it gets good and i think i definitely agree with that but no one ever, i don't ever hear anyone talk about it specifically after that it's just no it gets good at season three and from the sounds of it it mostly just stays that way i think it i've heard maintains season- more or less consistently it's what i've heard I've heard season seven ha- has a bit of a dip where it's maybe less consistently good, but there's still a couple of, you know, biggies. But it's you know. not as bad as, as one and two, I assume. I, I would assume so. Yeah, I would yeah. assume so. Uh, but uh, three through uh, five or three through six, I think, are maybe the, the kind of... I mean, that's three or four really good seasons overall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we're getting in there now, we're in the middle season, and I, I was just, I was thinking, uh, after I watched this, that, oh, I'm actually going to have to check, you know, in the relative near future, when Deep Space Nine starts, because once we get to that point where they're overlapping, we're, we're going to bounce between them. We're not going to just finish mm-hmm. this and then start Deep Space Nine, we're going to try and do it in the order they, they were aired, 
Uh, and then, of course, again with Voyager when that kicks in and, and so on. When is that? Do you know, roughly? Deep Space Nine? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's until at least season five, maybe even six. So okay. I, I think we're good for this season still. Uh, I'm sure someone in the comments will just tell us now. I mean, I can look it up, but... <laughs> what, what? Why bother? Someone will do it for you. But someone will tell us. Now that we've brought it up, someone will tell us. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just before we get to the next time on and blah, blah, blah. I, so, so I'm watching it on the Blu-ray, right? And I, I put in, and there's like a 10-minute trailer reel on the, the first disc of season four. Mm. And uh, this, is, this is the first time I've started a season on the Blu-ray because I, I switched over to the Blu-rays early to mid-season three. And so the first thing I played was a trailer for season five on Blu-ray. And I watched a little bit of it, but then it started getting specific with episodes. I thought, no, I'm going to skip. This is a spoiler territory. I don't want this. And then it was a trailer for season three on Blu-ray. And I thought, okay, I'll watch this trailer just to see what they show. And they fly out show the final scene of the finale. Say, who could forget the cliffhanger of season three? And In like, their defense, uh-huh. you're watching a season four Blu-ray, so you ca- it's, it's necessary context anyway. I, well, I... Uh, I have a problem with that because I highly doubt this trailer was created solely for the season four Blu-ray. Almost certainly not. Yes. Uh, I, I think that goes to show you that the target audience for these Blu-rays are not people watching it for the first time. This is yes, classic no. fans. No, that's true, that's true. Uh, although one of the things that was in the season five Blu-ray trailer, which made me laugh, is that it started off with like, you know, the return of the Borg, which maybe implies that the Borg aren't really here for the rest of season four. But that maybe I'd I'm okay take that. with that. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with them being spread out. Uh, and then it was the return of uh, uh, Spock, right? Which, okay. And I, I knew Spock was eventually going to show up. I, I'd heard that before, mm. so no big deal. And then the third thing it says, and the return of, and the voice even did this is because it knew it was a comedy beat, and the return of Wesley. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed it wasn't Tasha Yar again. So, uh, oh, now you say that, I'm pretty sure I saw that actress in this trailer. But oh, not, oh, okay. But not as Tasha Yar, notably. I don't want to read too much into it, but... We're going to the... do the whole when she travelled back in time. She had a... Well, I, I, no, she had, no. She had a granddaughter. I, it happens to look exactly like it. I don't want people to tell us in the comments, because just let us discover this, right? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get there. Let us just feast on this weird like foreshadowing I've got from this trailer. But I think she was Romulan. Oh, okay. I, I think it was her. Do you I think... That actually sounds kind of familiar to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Don't tell us. We'll find out when we get there. But it was just a weird, like, what the hell's going on moment? Uh, but then I started saying, remember, this episode, I was okay, I'm skipping now. I don't want to see any episode-specific yeah. spoilers. Uh, and, <laughs> right? Then after the season two Star Trek thing, there was a trailer for a, a standalone Best of Both Worlds Blu-ray. There's just the two episodes, which I'm like, okay. This is, I always feel weird about them releasing stuff like that. milking it a bit. Yeah. And then the final trailer, my favourite of the bunch, was a trailer for the second season of Star Trek Enterprise on Blu-ray, which I let play because I figured, well, I'm going to forget all this by the time it, we, we get to season two of Enterprise. That's so far away. Because um, because that was originally produced right at the start of the HD era, you know, it yeah. existed in HD, so they didn't have to remaster it like they did. And it, it looks that way. It looks, like, it looks like something from that time period where, okay, this was the early days of, of HD, so it looks kind of ropey by current HD standards, but you can tell it's good enough to just you know, fling it in the Blu-ray and it'll, it'll be better than the DVD and whatever else. Yeah. Uh, but, so you guys got Bacula and it's like, remember this, there's actually, one of the episodes it brings up is a callback to an episode we've already seen of Next Gen. Remember the episode where there was this, the second Picard in the shuttle that they sort of jettisoned? Yeah. Right? 
they find that this shuttle goes back in time and they find like a like a skeleton a picard in the shuttle and i started laughing i'm like holy shit i'm gonna get that reference when we get there <laughs> um you can pull out your captain america gear there was a and there was also something that made me roll my eyes a little bit because it was kind of like okay there's gonna be a lot of nostalgia plays in this show they're going to be doing a mm. lot of little nostalgia things uh but we'll Concerning. see we'll see and it did at the end of the trailer. The song did play the theme song because I don't know. <laughs> the I don't, summer sleep song. Yeah, I don't know if you're familiar with this or if oh, anyone yeah. watching isn't. But uh, unlike all the Star Trek shows up until that point, instead of having you know like a very memorable orchestral theme that it plays at the start for the opening titles, they've got a like a sort of pop rock song that plays like a song song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I only know the first lyric uh, mainly because Tara's yelled it at me like ten times, and it's uh, it's been a long road is the first line of the song. <laughs> it's been a long road. I don't know what the tune is, but it's, you know, it's just, just imagine some like sort of constipated like folk singer saying, it's been a long road. Like that's the start of the yeah. song. I, I, I've, I've heard the song. We did it, uh, <laughs> we, I, uh, in university, uh, I literally did it as a joke because we, we were uh-huh. looking at all of the Trek themes uh, for a lecture once and comparing them. <laughs> and they just, you know, for a joke, was like, and now we're going to do this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it was funny yeah. it was on the UPN I can't wait to see what uh, just a, a, a completely from start to finish UPN show feels like it'll be unique because UPN if those didn't know it that UPN's what the WB merged with to create the CW which is really funny because that television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer moved from the WB to the UPN for its final two seasons and then the two networks merged so I don't know what's going on there uh I, 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 get, I guess it just shows that a lot of their was, content had a, a strong audience overlap. Did Veronica Mars start on UPN and then it became CW? I can't remember. Maybe that was WB first. I mean, it feels like a WB-esque show, but... Yeah, I don't there was remember. A, there was a couple of things that kind of started, you know, because obviously Smallville was WB and then it merged and it was a CW yeah. show afterwards. Um, But yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what my point was of that. But just that I was just... I don't know, but what have we got next time? Yeah, so what do we have next time? Episode 2 of Season 4, the title of which is Family. Shortened to the point. Here's the description. After defeating the Borg, the crew of the Enterprise experiences shore leave in various ways. I like that this is a follow-up. Like, they're actually saying, hey, that was a big deal. We're calming down. We're, we're, we're taking some time off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Captain Picard's return to his family's vineyard in France has some extraordinary repercussions. We're doing Picard. I, do you know what? I kind of like that we're getting personal with him, like, and he's going back to his roots after the Spark thing. I actually, this is a perfect, at least in theory. I mean, maybe the episode's terrible, but in theory, this is what they should do with him. Is him like try to like sort of like connect to his family and his his life and his humanity. That makes sense. And I assume this is the same vineyard that was in all the trailers for Picard. I would assume so. I mean, I'll see if I recognize it when we get there. But yeah, uh, yeah. Or at least it's supposed to be the same one. It probably looks yeah, it, it different. It might not end up being yeah. the same sets, but I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it's supposed to be the same place. Yeah, probably. Uh, so that's cool. It's cool to be getting to some of this stuff, though. Uh, we're doing more... Yeah, more of this, this character stuff that clearly stuck around uh, as time went on. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of funny. World. Yeah, it's funny that we're, we're doing this now in Season 4. You'd think, oh, maybe that would have come up in the first three seasons, but you know, it didn't. Yeah, so. who cares? Uh, but no, it's nice to see them expand. It's nice to see them expand the scope a little bit. Uh, and now, now that we really know these characters and uh, care about them, sort of expand inward a little bit and see things. It it is interesting that in this case, expansion actually means focusing in and being more mm. personal instead. 
of you know getting bigger in the traditional sense yeah so no so that's next time uh so yes this has been our discussion of best of both worlds part two uh you can let us know what you think in the comments please do a like like is very important on youtube uh if you like the this the, you know is reviewing star trek and you want to keep coming uh liking and commenting down there is a very easy way to show that you want to keep coming it helps us out more people find us because of it so please do it's free and you can just click and it does the thing or tap even if you're on a touch device whatever it may be uh, if you want to support us financially though and give us some monies so we can keep the content coming you can go to patreon.com slash tv and support us from as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses for your trouble uh, otherwise though get us on twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching star trek guys and when it comes to the ladies wesley crusher is in complete control <laughs>